Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to anchor.fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Good morning. My name is Seth Studley. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and today is day 62 and we're going to be talking, we'd be talking about love languages, ignoring depression, husband doesn't help and finding a therapist. If you're new here, welcome. We have over 270 episodes about all things marriage related because we have been through a really hard marriage and we don't want you to do the same thing. So we're glad you're here. Mm-hmm. We're excited to get into things today. And every single day we are live. I mean, every single day of the week, like mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, we're live on Facebook and Instagram. So you will see us talking, hear us talking to our friends there. That's um, right. And Did it's you say really Facebook exciting. Live too? I don't know what I said, but it'll be exciting and you can join us there. And as always, our show is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks, like obsessively love them. And we want you to enjoy an audiobook for free on us. So go to audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get your free audiobook. Mm, you know what I just thought of? Think of it. Tell if me I what I really want to chill out, then I should get like Lord of the Rings on the audiobook. Hello, TR. Oh, <laughs> that'd be rad. The, okay. The narrator would probably be super like, yeah. To the Misty Mountain. You have to have a British accent at least. <gasps> if it was Brit. Okay. Just go. Okay. Sorry. All right. Hi, Seth and Mel. Oh, we're jumping. Yeah. We're jumping straight in people. Go ahead. Hey, Seth and Mel, thanks for your help and consistency on the show. It means a lot. The regularity of your posting is worth so much. Keep it up. Thank you, by the way. Context. Both 27 years old, no kids, married one and a half years, both work full-time, uh, 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. weekdays only. I do all the cleaning, but he will help cook most nights. My husband is very intelligent. He loves learning and loses himself in it fairly easily, be it YouTube videos, lectures, reading, or school, even video games on the rare occasion that he plays. His energy goes there most of the time. When I get upset with him over it, I'll go quiet and distant. I'll say something every now and then like, you wasted your entire day and still don't realize you have a wife. Sometimes he'll come home immediately, but more often than not, he'll delay a while, maybe to let me calm myself or get more riled. Then he'll be flirty and touchy and try for sex. I usually give in since I have the higher sex drive, but that's not the connection I want. I want and need more than sex. I've tried getting through to him on that, but he doesn't seem to understand. Smart guy, huh? Uh, how do I get to him? How do I get him to want to connect in other ways? And how do I get him to see me again? Thanks for all you do. Okay. One quick thing. So, yeah, before we dive into this question, <laughs> there, even in your email to us, was dripping <laughs> was dripping with 
Sarcasm. Sarcasm, yeah. And some critical nature, okay? I want to throw... Words like, you wasted your entire day and still don't realize you have a wife. Yeah, so think about this. What if your husband wanted you to be, like, to join the video games with him or to watch the lectures with him, and he was like, hey, wife, you wasted the last four hours not watching lectures with me. Real smart, huh? Mm. Like, you would hate him and leave. (laughs) So we're not going to bash on you, but our job is to be objective and point things out and i would say this to a couple if they were sitting straight across from me in my office and then you say and we love you and we've been there that's right i tried getting him i've tried getting through to him but that he doesn't seem to understand so i want you to try a different way because it's very obvious that you've tried to get through to him through sarcasm and critical and guess what whenever we do sarcasm and critical that criticism. Criticism that is going to put the other person immediately on the defense. Like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, check it out. And Melanie has done that forever, and it never basically works. Yeah, and one thing I will say that's very important in understanding this concept or this whole question is that your husband does not need to understand why you want time and affection together. He just needs to know what you want, not why you want it, Okay. You're confusing me. I know you. I, I, I know you are. I know I am. Um, because So, and this goes to the conversation we had like on this weekend with Matt, all these different things. Mm. People think for some reason, and this is a personal conversation I've been having with my sister who, she's weird. Uh, I'm just kidding. I love her. Uh, but one of the things that we have come to understand in our parenting and our relationships with our partners is that there really is a point where you realize trying to get someone else to understand your needs and wants and desires doesn't matter if they don't know what to do with that knowledge, right? Dr. Corey Allen talks about this in the app. He's Mm -hmm. like, understanding is one thing. Having an action plan is an entirely different thing. So give... Give me an example so I can understand what you're talking about and uh, so yeah. the listeners So can. the perfect thing right here actually is to take the love languages quiz. Mm. So you can get the, lo- like if you Google love languages quiz, mm-hmm. you can find it. But on the Get Your Marriage On app, there is a love languages quiz in the toolbox. So if you got that app, you could do the love languages quiz with within it. Mm-hmm. So here's a couple reasons that we talk about why love languages are important is that it's the way that you feel loved the most. And there's like words of affirmation, mm-hmm. receiving gifts, acts of service, touch oh so you're saying okay if my love language is touch you don't have to know why does seth want to be touched all the time what's the deal with that Mm -hmm. i just have to understand it before i can do it it's Mm -hmm. just like no that is do it yeah and because you will never understand it Mm -hmm. like my love language is acts of service Mm -hmm. so the way that i feel the most loved is you scrub the toilet you wash the windows you do the laundry that is literally what my love language is and that's how my mom's love language is that like how do you help mom? You do things. Mm. How do you help me? You do things, right? But to you, your love language is touch and like saying that you did a good job, which to me, I'm like, what do I care if you did a good job? Clean the toilet. Right. Right. So for me, um, I will never understand your love language and I don't need to. And we are getting stuck in this like, oh, you need to understand me. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Mm. I need to know what your love language mm-hmm. is and I need to know how to do it. So maybe maybe we think that we need that understanding. Maybe I need to we think, want to right? under, we want to feel understood and we want our partner f- to blah blah, blah mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter it doesn't change anything right mm-hmm. so the first thing take the love languages quiz mm. there are five love languages I can't remember them all but take the quiz <laughs> you can go to get your marriage on get the app or you can just Google it mm-hmm. um, but then the second part of that 
Actually, there's probably like three parts. So you take the quiz, you identify what your love languages are, both mm -hmm. of them, not just yours, both of them. Then you have a, in, within the Get Your Marriage On app, there's a section that says, um, how, how can I show you love or whatever? Like it's an actual like fill in, you type it in. And you and your husband need to sit down and talk about what actual quality time looks like together for both mm -hmm. of you, not just him. And he can get lost in watching academic things. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But probably he's not getting lost in you because you're not offering anything. You're just going, would you spend time with me? Jab. Right? You got to offer something mm -hmm. and not sarcasm. Like you can't offer sarcasm mm -hmm. and then think he will get. Remember the Southern saying that I told you a long time ago, you catch more flies with honey. Yeah. I used, oh, I would get so mad when you would say that. And now we have children who are like me and I'm like, you catch more flies with honey. Oh, hi. Hey, Nixon. Can you shut the door, please? We're recording, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Um, but so okay, hold on. Let me let me read a thing. So I'm. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, I legit do. Oh, the samples of books and hear their voices. Yeah, that's good for Audible. And uh, somebody says I'm constantly criticizing my fiance, baby daddy. I feel like it's a cycle oh, we've yeah. gotten into, and so hard to stop. I try every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the first, you know, like okay, you first have to identify the problem. So if you are just saying I constantly criticize my fiance, baby daddy. You got to stop that. You got to think of the reason why you're doing that. And I'm sure it's family of origin stuff. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we think, oh, I'll just, I'll just try harder. I'll just say what they're doing harder. Mm -hmm. And that's really, you get into that real pursue distancer yeah. dynamic. And criticism is really tricky because I think as women, we're, we are taught to criticize. Mm -hmm. A lot of TV shows criticize. Um, and it's very hard to stop that cycle because we think... In a sense, we're parenting our spouse, which is not helpful. Mm. It's not going to work. Somebody says, what if your wife can't explain what her love language looks like? Has then, she taken the quiz? Well, probably, but what? you, you, you can, don't know. You can help her, maybe. It's kind of like the Enneagram test. Sometimes individuals have a hard time uh, well, figuring out their Enneagram. Their, their people close to them can help them out. With well, that. let's not over... Um, Let's not make it more complicated than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Writing out a list of things that your wife loves to do. With you, mm -hmm. that's a like what like literally. You can go. Oh, I love taking walks. I love swimming with you. I love when we read together or listen to records. Like mm -hmm. I love when we talk about music together. It can be as simple as that. It doesn't need to be like oh words of affirmation. It can be like a, an exhaustive list of things that you enjoy together. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. What were okay, you reading? Another one of these ones. Next question here. You no, it says somebody said, yeah, it just creates walls. Yeah, it does. Criticism and sarcasm mm -hmm. just makes the other person feel But I didn't finish it. You're, you're skipping. So you got to do your love languages quiz, identify your love languages, mm -hmm. make an exhaustive things of the things you enjoy together to do. And then the third thing is um, you never should we ever think that someone else can get inside of our mind and, and perceive from our perspective and understand from our perspective and so when we do not equip our partner with like a legit these are the things i enjoy and love mm -hmm. when you like brush my hair or sit with me and drink coffee mm -hmm. i feel e excited and happy mm -hmm. if they don't have that actual list we are doing them a disservice mm -hmm. and then back to us a disservice mm -hmm. so we need to stop pretending that love equates like um to esp <laughs> like mm -hmm. like mind reading is not love mm -hmm. like Love is being cl having clear, kind abilities to communicate. That's true. Thank you for the question. Okay. Hey, people with small kids, how do you tackle or come to a peaceful place with healthy discussion with parenting differences, as this can be a major problem between us? We have four kids under eight. I've written here before, 
that for a while now we both had depression, but I feel like he completely refuses to acknowledge it, mine and his. I'm trying to help with my well-being, but he doesn't do himself favors by staying up late, sleeping until midday on weekends and some day times, and eats crap. I know depression is mean. I have it. But if he can't see that it's even affecting our parenting, what can I do? When he's in a mood, I find him being snappy with me and them, and he also doesn't talk to them at to per their ages, and if I say anything, I'm in the wrong. So this is this is really interesting. I saw an article that, and there's a a, um, a culture in Africa. I don't remember which one, but it's a tribe, it's a village, and uh, a lot of the the people had depression. Right, they were going through like clinical depression, and a bunch of the elders got together and they were like, okay, we're going to fix this. So being out in the sunshine, dancing, mm-hmm. and singing, mm-hmm. and like actually playing drums and stuff yeah. and then eating right mm-hmm. right there was no medication mm-hmm. there was no talk therapy it was simply like um being grounded mm-hmm. to the you know like grounding stuff putting your feet physical, on the earth physical movement sunshine and like laughter and talking with your peers so mm-hmm. community all that stuff and literally the the depression went away yeah. and there's new research now suggesting that with with um psychopharmological stuff talk therapy and then movement exercise sun water it's like oh that's natural medicine coming that we have access to yeah anyway right so i would definitely say sleeping till midday eating trash that hey buddy, Hi, buddy. can you just keep talking okay um is can be super helpful. So I would absolutely no. look at what... Sleeping till midday and eating trash sorry. cannot is not super right. helpful. Right. So how, how can we break out of patterns like that? And then with the parenting thing, like, ooh, that's a big thing. What do you well, have? I want to say, start with this analogy. Like, we know that when... At a zoo, we know that zoos are not helpful for animals, right? right. We put them in a thing where they're not thriving. They can't swim the full length of the thing. They can't catch a wild whatever. Um, and... In a way, our artificial living, the way we live mm-hmm. in houses with televisions and fast food, that is like an artificial, is not how we are designed to live. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, it's the most convenient way to live. Mm-hmm. You can drive through McDonald's and get food. You can you know, fly somewhere in eight minutes. I mean, it's like ridiculous how artificial our world has become, but we don't see it like the same way that animals in a zoo become unhealthy. Mm-hmm. They, they die. They cease to thrive, right? And so I want you to imagine yourself when you're in depression like um, a beluga whale at the zoo. Like mm-hmm. it hates its life and mm-hmm. it goes crazy. They go crazy. Right. Like animals go crazy. Um, but so I want to think of it like that because we do need nature, movement, activity, like engagement, all of the things and it's biopsychosocial spiritual mm-hmm. it's like the whole wheel of everything and it makes me think of the book dan siegel has a new book out called aware and i just listened to an interview with him about it but mm-hmm. talking about if these things are in balance if you have your biology is in balance you're eating the right things you're exercising you're swimming and talking and eating good food you you will have balance in everything else mm-hmm. i know that sounds a little bit like no, I'm saying it will solve your depression. That's not what I'm saying, but it's going to be a enormous... It will most likely positively affect... Yeah, like hugely the, positively. The but the mm-hmm. thing I wanted to really say in this question is that you have to create boundaries with your husband. And I don't mean... I mean with your husband, as in like together, mm-hmm. you are creating mm-hmm. boundaries when you are both in a good place. And boundaries outweigh your judgments every time. I don't care how you feel. Feelings change. Mm-hmm. Feelings are not 
facts. And if you feel like sleeping until noon, but you've created a boundary that says you do not sleep until mm -hmm. noon, you follow that boundary, right? You have to like parent yourself out of the hole that you're in. Mm -hmm. And staying out of the hole is the only way you will stay out of the hole. Like, I don't think, I don't know. It's very frustrating. Mm -hmm. I don't like even, I don't want to point you out, but I will point you out. Like mm -hmm. even with you and dieting, mm -hmm. like you want a brownie. Mm -hmm. So you just go ahead and get one. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you Def not going to stay out of the hole that you want to be out of mm -hmm. if you perpetuate that cycle. Right. Um, so it's something like that where you have to make the boundary when you're in a healthy place, mm -hmm. set up all these ways to maintain that boundary, um, and then do it as a team. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. Like It's very hard. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next question. Why? Next, why? Why are you skipping? Please talk well, I, more about that. We talked about no, it. No, we I didn't. I, there's so much I don't more have anything I have else notes. to say. What do you have to say? <laughs> Well, okay. I just want to say in this situation where you're talking about depression and all of these things, you are fighting against patterns and habits. So mm -hmm. like think of a well-worn path in the woods. I, I don't know if y'all live out in the woods or if you've been out in the woods, out where we live in Washington, there are really thick woods that, I mean, it takes you like 10 minutes to go 30 feet. There's like trees and if branches. There's no and, trail. Yeah. Right. If there's no trail, there's blackberries and Ever, I mean, it's insanely dense in the woods mm -hmm. here. But if there's a trail, you can zip right through like nothing. But the second you get off of that trail, it's like the most amount of laborious, intensive work. You get cuts. It, mm -hmm. You get like rashy bugs on you. That is exactly the process of getting out of the mental pathway that you've created or that you and your husband have both created for depression. It mm -hmm. is like a neural pathway. It literally, your brain goes... Write down a little trail. That's what mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. Sleep until noon. I know that. Mm -hmm. Not sleeping. Well, that until happens after once there's the chemical imbalance, and you kind of like. I mean, there's there's habits around that. You know, it's yeah. not like, oh, you're depressed because you have these pathways. No, it's it's no, a, I didn't. It's a, okay. Yeah, I wasn't mm -hmm. trying to imply that. Right. But I just wanted to say that that is what you are also fighting. It's mm -hmm. not just if I set a boundary, it's this. Like your body is going to like you want brownies. The way that you want brownies, and mm -hmm. you think. I will do anything for a brownie right now. That's a neural pathway. That's a habit. That's an addiction. Your, but I won't do that. Your, your brain goes, Starbucks, Americano, brownie. Mm -hmm. And then your body goes, oh yeah, I wanted a brownie. And then your brain makes you get that brownie. Right. So it's a, it's a cycle that I, I'm only saying you need the awareness to know how to get out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it is literally like forging a new path in the woods that mm -hmm. takes months to make the same length of path that you've walked a billion times, right? And yeah. I just think it's in, it's important to understand that conceptually, I guess. Mm -hmm. Why do you not Good have point. more to add there? That makes me I, sad. I'm sorry. I, I just don't. Um, okay. And he will fight you on it. It's just a thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here we go. Do you want to read this one? Mm -mm. I've read two of them. Hello, Melanie and Seth. I've been listening to your show for about six months, and I love it. I have find something valuable and helpful in each time I listen. Thanks for so much. You do. Thank you. Very kind. My husband and I have an ongoing disagreement regarding our expectations of each other. We are very busy people. We have our own primary job, and we also have a business that we run together. And here's our problem. My husband constantly makes decisions in the business that in, and our personal lives that involve action on my part uh, without consulting me first. How, afterwards, he tells me he needs me to do um, something as a result of those decisions. He gives me verbal to-do lists. He asks me for things to do for him and that he's more capable. No, he asks me to do things for him that he's more than capable of doing. Mm -hmm. I feel like his personal assistant, not his partner or wife. Most of the time I do what I asked, but there are times when I get so frustrated and frustrated and overwhelmed that I blow up at him. Each time we have this argument, he claims he will never ask me to do anything ever again in a very pouty way. Mm 
Since I'm so put out by this, by his requests, wait, since I'm so put out by his requests, I need to add that I almost never ask him to do anything. I've never been able to comfortable. I've never been comfortable asking anyone for favors or help. I've told him that I would like to be included in the decisions before decisions are made so that we can agree in advance who will be responsible for what. This is when he calls me a control freak and accuses me of just wanting to make all the decisions. I ask for his input on everything, from what we will have for dinner to what color the curtains are, even in his opinion on things that happen in my daily job that don't even infect, affect him. I've asked him to listen to your podcast. I've bought tons of books about marriage and communication. He tells me that the only reason we have an issue is because I'm hearing junk on podcasts and reading crap in books and then trying to control him with the information. I'm doing everything I can to learn new ways to deal with our issues, to improve our communication and our marriage, not to control him. I want to be his partner, not his subordinate. Thank mm -hmm. you. This is mm -hmm. an amazing question. Thank you so much for writing in and asking it. Yeah. I want your opinion on this because you've done that with me. Mm -hmm. uh, Actually, both of those things. But first, what's your opinion on the, you're reading a bunch of crap in books, what's wrong with you? That is uh, one person being kind of afraid for things to change. Uh -huh. And the other person is changing and like, oh, this is not cool. I mean, if, sure, the, uh, your partner could be like reading and like consuming crap content, I guess. But uh -huh. I, don't, I don't think this is what we're doing and um i think it can feel threatening because it's like change it's like hey this doesn't work anymore and those darn podcasts you're listening to is making all this happen right yeah and um yeah i think there needs to be some growth on his well part. what how did i mean you've done this very thing to me mm -hmm. like you've been like what podcast did you listen to that made you mad today <laughs> like you've said that to me that, well i think yeah after like or during an argument or something and i was like came with you sideways, you know, so that happens. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what, what podcast it was, but I, I think that he would be helped by, okay, let's, let's get out of it. Like you, he's seems like the kind of control freak, right? Like making decisions and doing all this stuff. And mm -hmm. I think that she is like you asking like what curtains to buy, what to do, hit, you know, and that is her just wanting to involve him in, life right mm -hmm. because you do that all the time you're like i don't even buy a coffee without calling you first i'm like well thanks you don't have to but you like that relationship piece of it right mm -hmm. so i i would also say i guess stating the obvious is like yeah that's not cool that he's making all these decisions that really not cool man affect you or affect her right and having a, a it's more than not cool so let's but yeah keep on okay go ahead well, no, you can keep talking. I just it's it's more than just not cool because mm -hmm. it's not fair. Yeah, I think probably there's some stress and anxiety that uh, is behind all this, like the feeling of need to control, like he can't let go of things. Like, okay, you're capable, no, you can I, help. I don't know that it's anxiety, but these are always also kind of co-occurring things. I think it's ADD. I mean, that sounds like I didn't think about the decision first. And I said, yeah, we would do it. And so will you do all of it? Mm -hmm. Because that's what Seth has done to me a million times. That was the second thing I was going to say that you've done. So you've done the like, mm -hmm. what podcast did you listen to? Mm -hmm. But then the second part of that is that Seth will do that where it's like, he'll come up, we'll come up with an idea together. Don't read that. We'll come up with an idea together. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I, I look at it and go, okay, division of labor. Mm. Right, we're collaborators, co-laborers, collaborators. Mm -hmm. We are co-laborers in this, even in the podcast. So we come up with an idea, and then inevitably, ninety 
nine percent of it falls onto me and Seth's like i you know could you just well i couldn't get to it today can you Mm -hmm. it's like what do you know and but any but i do it because i want to have that i want this project to succeed i want our house to be clean i want our kids to be you know bathed Mm -hmm. so i end up doing a bulk the bulk of the work and i told Uh you literally probably a week ago uh because at his job he creates um uh, what is the word? Pro- uh, programs. Programs. So he's a program creator and he's gotten in trouble at his job for this. Like you create too many programs and then you walk away from them. Mm-hmm. But his gifting is creating new means of care for people, right? right? So you create the new thing and you hand it off to a team of people, mm-hmm. right? Your whole, your work has been annoyed with the way you do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a team of people. I'm one person and mm-hmm. you do, you are doing that with me. Mm-hmm. You want to be the program creator while I'm the program manager mm-hmm. and I'm not your program manager. And mm-hmm. I've literally said that to Seth a week ago mm-hmm. and it's exactly the same thing. Like I'm not your subordinate. We are on the same page here. So here's what I have started doing. It's going to sound mega condescending. Mm-hmm. So for any of you ladies out there who don't like it when I lay, lay it all out here, you're going to be mad. Well, you can say it, then I will diffuse it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I One of the things I started doing was that mm-hmm. I actually started saying no to things. Like, I, no, I will not do that. Or you need your laundry done. You may do that. Like mm-hmm. these, like I will just stop saying yes to everything. Wait a minute. I, it's not a, like I'm asking, Hey, did, do my laundry. I didn't say that. You I did. thought you were going to say the to-do list. Yeah, I am. But right. that was part of it is like, I don't think you see the scope to which I do things for you. Mm. You think, what? Well, I've done my laundry once. But, and so I'm like, yeah, see, so you're that. getting all mad. I don't um, think that. But, so part of it is saying no. Part of it is pushing back onto your partner the things that they are responsible for mm-hmm. and not feeling like it's your responsibility to say yes. So that's part of it. The second thing I've started doing is making him to-do list, but it was um, kind of like a mutual thing where I said, I, I was asking him to help with things and he's like, yes, I want to help with things, but then he wouldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is this a problem because that... Because I didn't know exactly what to do. It's because right? the things that we were talking about doing were so big and not broken down into uh, like tasks, right. so doable, like incremental daily little things. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, I'll give you three tasks in a day to <laughs> do. <is> ouch. <laughs> I'll give you three <laughs> tasks in a day to do that are our shared mutual goals, mm-hmm. right? So one of them will be like, get on the app and answer three questions, right? That is important to both of us that mm-hmm. we do that, but Seth won't think of it on his own. Mm-hmm. So let's, well, why not? Let's mm-hmm. work to our strong suits and make it so into little yeah in, in, in that respect it's like you are the program manager and you're saying hey we have the same thing great ideas up here this is what i need help on right here so you you're capable of this this and this please go do that right instead I, of me I, thinking like airy fairy stuff like this would be awesome if we do this which it would but you're like whoa slow down charlie Mm-hmm. bring it in. This is what I need you to do right well, now. Well, I mean, sort of. And part of right. it is I'm literally tasking to you the things you are responsible for. Right. So hold on, let me read some stuff. <laughs> I like that switch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes we can listen to podcasts and realize the bad habits we have and the first thing we notice is what others do oh, wrong. Oh gosh, yes. Yep, That's like exact. the story of my life. Paul, the greatest man alive, says family of origin stuff too. Yep, I bet his mom controlled his dad growing up. Ooh, that's a good point. Family of origin, yeah. It's easy to notice what others do wrong first. Yes, when I was in grad school, Melanie had every DSM diagnosis ever. I was malingering. Ever. I think it's good they trust you to delegate to delegate <laughs> delegate that task to do 
<laughs> oh man, that is that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's just in, in a way, it's your partner is showing you that they have a lot of faith in you by saying, yeah. oh yeah, well they can handle it. My yeah. wife can do that. It's she like can do it's, that. it's like a team structure. It's like okay, if you have a good team and you're the kind of not the boss or the project manager, it's like yeah, my my person will do this. Let's do this. What? Every husband thinks that it's just like a team. I just go and work, and then my wife's at home with kids crawling on her all day and going insane. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I know, but that's how I felt it. But it's it's all good. We're all good this podcast here. Podcast is over. But I think it is really important to when you do take in new information that to not regurgitate it back on your partner as barf because that's what I was doing. Mm. I would take in information like a mama bird feeding a baby. Mm-hmm. Or, or let me say that again. I would take information like a mama bird and then I'd barf it on Seth and be like, see, you are me. Like a gross oh. seagull. <laughs> but he ate his barf. That was so funny. Anyway. Oh, he barfed in the native He barf. barfed, barfed and ate his steamy it barf. Was it was steamy. so funny. Ugh. It was the best. That's um, gross. But so I, I think there is a lot to say here, but I want to know your perspective really quickly. How do you get that husband to like snap out of it? Can I'm, you? I don't know. I've never been married to a man. Gosh, could you help out? <laughs> How do I get the husband to snap out of it? Like, like he's being a jerk. Yeah, uh, and he's going. See. What do you? I think she to? can like well create definite boundaries. Like, hey, you committed to that without asking me. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Oh yeah, and we. Sh- and- I am not going to do that. So if you said no, you've done this before, and I was like pissed. You, you gotta say it right. What were you? I was pissed. <laughs> okay, I, was I did. Pissed. I did what? I was okay. You, I did what? <laughs> Use something. I don't know. A listener or somebody like wrote in or or something, and they were gonna trade us something for therapy, and like you volunteered me to do therapy, and I was like, H to the triple no. I am absolutely not doing that because that's not how it works, right? Remember that? Yeah, and we didn't do it. Yeah, we didn't, and I was like. Absolutely not. I'm not doing that, right? I mean, if it was like something smaller, like, hey, we're going to meet for so-and-so with coffee, you know, Sunday, that's okay, no big deal. But because, like, it sounds like if this husband is signing his wife up to do stuff, Uh it's like now all the onus is on her. Yeah. It's like, And she didn't have to say, yeah. You have to draw boundaries around that. And I think he'll understand that pretty quickly because he'll go, oh, crap, I committed to this without asking you. That's not not the right way to do stuff. I think there's. You don't have to backpedal and tell the people I can't do whatever. I think there are two things that you could do. Number one, go to anatomyofmarriage.com, click on the tools picture thing down in the thing, and get the clearing structure. Mm. Clearing structure this ish. Uh, because. You need to let your husband know how you feel sort of sans emotions, without Mm -hmm. emotions in it. That's what the clearing structure is for. Mm -hmm. It clarifies. So -hmm. the first thing is you do the clearing structure. Maybe you do several clearing structures. It's a PDF you can like write in in your computer so you can like talk to text and it Mm -hmm. will fill it in. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's cool. The second thing is then with your current projects that he has delegated to you, I want you to like write out all the tasks and then divide them and give him his tasks to do. Mm-hmm. That's each him yeah. and do it every time and tell him when you take on a new assignment without consulting me first, I will delegate our tasks out and hand them back to you. Mm-hmm. I will take the ones I'm comfortable taking and I will give you yours. Right. And you, if you're not happy with that, you will consult me before you, you go commit. ahead and confirm. Right. Right. Okay. Next question. Thank you for the question. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you find a therapist you, should, you can actually talk to? I hate more than anything talking about my emotional problems, especially in person. 
Who are you going to talk to? Uh, <laughs> but I am having so much anxiety, and I have a few big life events, I think, that are tied to that. And I've seen a therapist for, but I end up feeling not right or almost blamed for what happened to me, and so I quit going. I am breastfeeding, so I did not feel comfortable taking medication for my anxiety, but I need to go away and feel like I am losing my mind. For one, thank you for the question. Yes. If you can't go see a therapist, please spend $20 and get The Limitation Game by Kyle Cease. Mm. It's a video series. He sells it online. It's like hours and hours long, and it's like better than therapy. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. There's meditations in it, but he's a comedian, so they're funny. Like he's legit and funny and amazing. Mm -hmm. Also, you could read um, Take Control of Your Life by Mel Robbins or Kick A with Mel Mm -hmm. Robbins or um, what's her other ones? The Five Minute Rule with Mm -hmm. Mel Robbins. Or you can read I Hope I Screw This Up by Kyle Cease. So... Those are like six options that don't involve a therapist. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go somewhere. You can breastfeed while you watch them. No medicine. Mm-hmm. So again, too, the, the biggest part of this, I think, is mindfulness. Like, um, I don't know how to explain this, but mindfulness is like, like, you know how like a toilet drains and it like spins? Coriolis effect. And the effect. crap is the Coriolis effect sucks spins, everything down. Yeah. Right? That's like anxiety and depression you're just like Mm -hmm. spinning and things Mm -hmm. are like vortexing down Mm -hmm. uh you need mindfulness to get out of the toilet Mm. you literally need like meditation thoughtfulness like all of these things to my stomach just growled to get out of the um don't do that it'll do it again um (laughs) to get out of the trap of your brain so these books will be really helpful for that Mm -hmm. but the second part of that hold on let me say some words over to you oh okay and now seth's gonna talk oh thanks how that's good. Uh, yeah, so it's really hard to find a therapist sometimes, especially a one that fits good with you. I've been to a couple and like gone once or twice and been like, this is lame, I'm out of here, and just felt super uncomfortable. So I would say this. See if you can find a therapist and have that therapist be similar to a person that you connect with in real life. Like maybe, like literally, this is going to sound weird, but it's like... It's true. Like maybe a kind grandma, right? Or maybe a super, you know, caring, kind of loving, strong grandpa or something like that. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm not sure I know what you say. So are you saying, saying find a therapist that is like that? That is that represents somebody kind, loving, and just really kind of had it together you know so like look back in your life and if you don't have anybody like that then okay who would you who who do you wish you had like i wish my Mm -hmm. you know xyz was this and this and this okay i'm gonna search out a therapist and i i would uh, encourage you to not be discouraged like well i did all this work and found a therapist and they were weird and whatever keep on trying because sometimes i mean there's all kinds of stories like yeah i've went through therapist after therapist after therapist and finally on my fourth one we just kind of clicked, right? And therapy, so in order for therapy to, therapy to be efficacious, for it to work, you have to have rapport. And there's all kinds of research out there that says like up to 33%, I say it's more up to like maybe 55 or 60% depends on that rapport, yeah. just like personal rapport. Like it doesn't matter what modality, therapeutic modality they use or anything. It's like, oh, do I kind of like vibe with this person on a person to person level mm-hmm. boom that makes up half of the therapeutic relationship right so find a person that's i don't know maybe looks like you doesn't look like you if you don't want opposite sex same sex it doesn't matter 
and go from there. Um, yeah, I've I've had some weirdo therapists, and then also some like oh, some really cool, nurturing, kind, mm-hmm. help me out therapist, right? Yeah, and I would say sometimes, and I don't know, I could be way wrong on this, but I I look at my relationships with my sister and my best friend. They're, they are legit like therapy to me. Right. And I'm, again, I'm not working through complex trauma or mm-hmm. any abuse like that. So it's a different thing. It's therapy these... because you're relating and communicating and in in um, fellowship with them mm-hmm. on a real rapport way. Yeah. And these are people that like can say, hey, have you thought of doing it like this? Mm-hmm. Or this is what I've done. This is the book that I've read. That kind of thing. Um, also, Thanks, <laughs> a an important thing to note is that Seth and I are starting something new. Oh. That I'm, so, I thought you were going to segue into that and you totally didn't. We're going to therapy? Group therapy. Anatomy of Marriage Group Therapy. Oh, yeah. No, just kidding. Oh, gosh. Yes. You're doing a great job promoting. AOM Group Therapy is something that we are kicking off. Mm-hmm. And I think we should start it in September. I think we're going to onboard for all of August, mm-hmm. get applications, get go through the process, because, y'all, we can't take everyone. Right. Um, and But one of our things, it's a model, uh, the way that the women and men's groups work for Anatomy of Marriage main page, like Mm -hmm. the private men's and Mm -hmm. women's groups, that's what we want to do with AOM group therapy. And the concept is just, we're here for each other, right? So let me just give a little overview of it, right? We have done group therapy before, Mm -hmm. and that was the the intimacy retreat, which was unbelievable. I have done men's groups. I have done... uh, little girls groups. I have done little boys groups. I've done teen male groups. I've done other men's groups as well. And they are amazing. Mm -hmm. And the times that we have had the uh, first AOM conference in Chicago, that was group therapy. And that was freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. And then we just did the Seattle AOM meetup. That was awesome. It was a small group of very like-minded people wanting the same thing for their marriage, for themselves, and getting together. And there is a real energy. And I'm not just looking like, oh, yeah, energy. I'm like a, a real like... It's an energy of like Like there's something and, going on yeah, here, support. right? In this circle, right? We're talking. We all kind of talk about similar things and we all want the same thing. So when you get a group of like-minded people moving in the same direction, mm-hmm. guess what? There is going to be change. There's going to be power in that. And there's going to be a difference in how you think, feel, and act, and perceive yourself, and also Uh think, feel, and act, and perceive your partner. And that is absolutely everything we want. So I'm like getting more like jazzed Mm -hmm. more than I thought I would. Yeah. Because I've done it, I've I've participated in it personally, and I've also facilitated literally thousands of hours. And when I say thousands of hours, I'm not joking. Mm -hmm. Like over thousands of hours of group therapy. So We're pretty darn good at it, I would say. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be a part of that, there's going to be a limited amount of spaces. We don't know how many spaces Yeah, we're working it out right now. But we're working on it, right? So the idea is like, okay, get together on online calls, right? And it's not going to be everybody, thousands of people like the show is. It's going to be a small, intimate Mm -hmm. group of like little cohorts, right? And then what would be more awesome is like, okay, you guys, we're all going to meet, you know? Nashville, December 2020, or who knows what. And I think eventually we'll get to the point where we just tour the world. So that's cool. Yes. Um, But I really think um, this concept came about because finding a therapist is really hard. Finding people you connect to is really hard. Mm -hmm. One of the things we found is that 
people who therapists actually use our podcast which is awesome if you're mm. a therapist and you use and share our podcast shout out to us like yeah. share your therapy practice that means you're like-minded mm-hmm. and and our listeners can come see you right so if you want a therapist in your city uh-huh. and you're a therapist who listens to our show let's i just connect. thought of a referral network for therapists we should do that Boom, but baby. anyway so our concept for group therapy for aom group therapy is just the amount of love we've seen come through the the men's and women's groups the amount of support there's nothing that equals that. There's nothing that matches that. It's like the proximity principle times a thousand, like mm-hmm. Ken Coleman talks mm-hmm. about, where you're in proximity with people who want your health to be front and foremost. They want your marriage to be successful. They want your children to be healthy. Some of them are older than you. Some of them are younger than you. And it gives you that like um, mentor-mentee thing, which mm-hmm. sounds super weird. And I used to think it was like the dumbest Doesn't thing ever. Doesn't sound weird. I used to think it sounded weird. Well, but like when you help someone... When someone helps you through something that they've been through, that's incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, if you turn around and help someone who is not quite at the spot you've been through mm-hmm. and they are looking for you for help, it is like the most full circle, like all incredibly whole health thing possible. And it it's changes almost, you. It's amazing. It's almost like a natural process. It is so you know, natural. It is like you were a kid who looked up to somebody, now you have kids, they're uh-huh. looking up to you and it's just keeps it's on like going. It's like when a 10-year-old kid teaches a 7-year-old kid how to ride a bike. It's important. Exactly it's very important. As- somebody says, "Oh my gosh, you're going to help so many people." Yay. We that is That's the, the goal. that is the absolute goal. And so it helps thank you. Us. Um let's see. You're modeling everything you preach too. How exciting. <laughs> thank you. That's awesome. And somebody oh. That's a really long one. Oh, geez, one. that's a long one, Brittany. Hold on. Weird question. Do therapists t- typically take notes during a session? The answer is yes to that. I've been to a couple different therapists in my lifetime, and they have always taken notes. I assume to remember what we talked about when our next session aimed along. Yes, that is. And I've been seeing a therapist. Uh, I have my third appointment coming up, but she never takes notes, and I'm not really sure how I'm feeling with her yet. Totally random question. I'm just curious if it's normal not to. I feel like she needs me to repeat what we discussed last time. Is that weird? Yeah. Um, that that could be kind of weird. So I um, take notes, and I have not taken notes more than not. If that Wait, makes what you take, you don't take notes. When I would do private practice therapy, I would take notes. Right for some because it was just intimate. I was there, but I do a lot of like home visits and community visits, and I don't typically take notes because it might be weird just sitting oh, at a different. Starbucks doing a session with yeah. notes. Right, so um, if you, she is like, "Hey, what did we what did we talk about?" I don't think I've ever asked that. Yeah. I have a really good memory sometimes when it comes to clients, um, so I'm not sure if she's. I don't know, but I mean, how, how do you feel? Maybe that's a side thing. Like maybe you could even ask her, like. Hey, you know, what are you kind of writing down? Or, you know, you, you sometimes ask what's going on. Do you remember what we talked about yeah. last session? How many minutes are you spending? Thing? So you pay in that lady. Usually 50 or... No, 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 no. How many minutes are you spending repeating what you talked about last week? Right. right. I'm not down for that. Money is hard to get. Mm, that's true. Um, so, okay, we've got to wrap this thing up. So, I... F- uh, but yeah, th- but this is amazing. Thank you for hanging out with us this morning and we mm-hmm. love y'all. So we're going to get some links out for the therapy groups, the group mm-hmm. therapy concept. We don't have anything set up yet, but we wanted to take all of August to kind of like think about it, talk about, it, about it, share it, the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're really, really excited about it. But before we sign off, Give please. Give me a high five. Oh, right. I wasn't going to, but I will. Um, go to iTunes and please rate and review the podcast. It's so important for new listeners to find our show that they, that they are validated by by social people, by humans, real mm. humans. Not they don't care what we say about our show. They mm-hmm. care what you say about our show. That's true. So um so please go ahead and rate and review the podcast. Leave a review. It is so incredibly helpful. 
Get a free audiobook on audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy marriage. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you tomorrow. Send All your right, questions people. in and we'll hang out. Love you guys later. Bye. Bye.